The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Jesus took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became dazzling white. And suddenly they saw two men, Moses and Elijah, talking to him. They appeared in glory and were speaking of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and his companions were weighed down with sleep but since they had stayed awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Just as they were leaving him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. And while he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were terrified as they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. And they kept silent and in those days told no one any of the things that they had seen. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of God who creates us, redeems us, and makes us holy. Amen. Dear people of God, God is manifest in various ways throughout the Bible. A voice, a dream, a messenger, angel or human, an inner thought. And then there's that fascinating manifestation of God in the book of Exodus, a mysterious cloud. When the children of Israel leave Egypt, it is that cloud that leads the way, like seeing a big dust storm ahead of you. It's described as a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night, but in fact, it's sometimes both at the same time. When they get to the Red Sea and the enemies are chasing them, the cloud moves behind the people. On the dark side, it blocks the enemy, but on the Israelite side, it's a bright nightlight so they can cross the water safely to freedom. When they get to Mount Sinai, it's that dark cloud that covers the top of the mountain. And when Moses goes up, it's bright like fire on the inside. And then we get to the end of Exodus. After they've built the, and set up the ark and the altars and all the pieces of the tabernacle, in the very last scene of the book, that cloud comes and fills the tabernacle. It moves in to live there. From then on, it goes ahead whenever they're supposed to pack up and move on again, and it settles in the tent whenever they make a new place. The cloud is the presence and power of God among the people. It provides protection and direction. It's the awesome and comforting assurance that God is with them. St. Paul says in 1 Corinthians that our Christian experience is a new Exodus, crossing the Red Sea, that's our baptism. Streams in the desert and manna to eat, that's our Lord's Supper. F following the fire and cloudy pillar, that's our walk with God. Crossing the Jordan River into the promised land, that's our death and resurrection. How wonderful it was to celebrate baptisms at the earlier service. We marked the presence and power of God in the lives of Justin and Margaret and Bennett, what they need for their journey. 
So back to that fiery cloud. That's what Luke is remembering when he tells about Peter and John and James getting to see Moses and Elijah visiting with Jesus on the flashing bright inside of that cloud. Here is the presence and power of God. Here is my child in whom I am well pleased. The same words heard at the baptism of Jesus. That is meant to be the sustaining vision for the rest of their journey. That is why the liturgical year gives us this story today so that in our coming Lenten journey, we will be sustained, knowing where it ends with the glorified Christ. Luke uses the same cloud again at the ascension of Jesus, not some regular cloud in the sky. Luke means this cloud. The presence and power of God encircles the risen Christ. In that scene, the disciples are on the dark outside because from that time on, the presence and power of God in the world will no longer be Jesus of Nazareth here in the flesh. Instead, now it will be the Spirit of God that dwells in the community, the church. So it's not an accident that we sometimes have to look twice at some artwork to see if we have the transfiguration or the ascension. In this church building, in fact, we have three, the ascension of Christ and the north and south transepts, and over the H Street door, we have the transfiguration. It's a reproduction in glass of the top section of Raphael's famous painting from the High Renaissance. I love how the artist manages in two dimensions to suggest the dark outside of the cloud and the fiery bright inside, declaring that here is the presence and power of God for the journey. Both Raphael's painting and the next 10 chapters in Luke's gospel know that the disciples are not yet ready. They don't yet get what the vision is about, what Moses and Elijah were discussing with Jesus about his exodus. There's still much to learn, much to know about what it means to follow Jesus to his passion and death and resurrection. We'll get to those chapters this summer and fall. The family of General Amos Eaton dedicated this window to his memory. He graduated from West Point in 1822, 200 years ago this year, and served in the Civil War. No wonder it occurred to his family a few years after his death to use what was then the new stained glass window project as their opportunity to honor his life. The inscription says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. We worship surrounded by the witness of saints who made the journey before us following the fire and cloudy pillar. In the earlier service, we prayed, let the fire and cloudy pillar lead me all my journey. In this one, we remembered the wilderness journey with the hymn, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. That's a hymn from Robert Robinson about our walk with God. In this wilderness, there are the streams of mercy never ceasing, the mount of God's unchanging love. We pray, tune our hearts to sing God's grace. Robinson made his peace with God after a rather wild adolescence. No wonder he wrote, Jesus sought me wandering from the fold of God 
and prone to wander. Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, seal it for thy courts above. Robinson gained a sustaining vision. It reminds me that sometimes it's hard to see where God is and where we're going, especially when we're on the dark side of the cloud. Tune my heart. Like an orchestra taking the A from the oboe to make sure that all their instruments are on the right pitch. I watched yesterday as our guest musicians clarified what key to use for this or that song. That's what prayer is. Not so much our wish list as it is our seeking that we be in tune with God's ways. That our lives, values, our intentions and actions be in tune with, be attuned to the presence and power of God. Tune my heart to sing thy grace. Sometimes we can hardly see what God wants. Our path looks like a dark cloud, nothing more than a messy dust storm ahead. And then sometimes it's as if we're on the inside where the fiery brightness is both overwhelming and very clear. The truth, I believe, though we may not see it at the time, is that in both instances we are encountering the power and presence of God for the journey. It's what Dr. King meant about the dream as our sustaining motivation. Not some pipe dream, not some far off wish without much hope. No, a sustaining vision. A moment of clarity about what the presence and power of God might mean for us. That was our opening prayer today. Grant to us that we beholding by faith the light may be strengthened to bear our cross. We see the fire in cloudy pillar. We tune our hearts to the heartbeat of God. What are some of those tunes? Where do we encounter that cloud? For today, let me suggest just a few sustaining visions. I want to testify that the LGBTQ plus welcome here at St. John's is one of those moments in my life. It accounts for my gratitude for all the ways I get to be actively involved here and for the invitation to preach today. Some years ago, I helped organize a program for the Gay Men's Chorus of Washington that connects our chorus with welcoming religious organizations, sometimes at great risk to the respect and support of their own traditions sometimes in prophetic leadership roles in their communities, and sometimes as quietly and naturally as living out their core values. That was my experience 24 years ago at St. Thomas Parish, a few blocks from here, and it has been my experience of St. John's Church for this past decade. But there are other dreams, other streams in the desert, other sightings of the fire and cloudy pillar, what are those for our journey? A world where the parents of transgender children could send them to school with confidence that there would be no bullying, that classmates and teachers would treat them with respect. A world where nations and leaders respect the borders and legitimate independence of their neighbors, where we learn to live in peaceful coexistence with those who differ from us, a world where we invite others to consider 
our wisdom while acknowledging that there are other ways to understand the world and our place in it. A world where there are those of us with so much privilege who also learn to see the fire and cloudy pillar of the dreams others have. How could we tune our hearts to the song that inspires others in their journey? Sitting in yesterday's rehearsal with our guests, I started adding paragraphs to this sermon. <laughs> Later in the afternoon, most of those landed on the cutting room floor where they belong for another time and place. But for day, today, this. If you did not already read Brent Erstad's introduction to the music in today's service, please do so later and perhaps watch the recording of this service again in coming days. That challenge of honoring and delighting indifference, of celebrating the impressive variety within the family of God. We're never done with being stretched. I grew a great deal as a church musician during college and seminary, but I also abandoned as a church musician the gospel quartet music of my youth. Then God, God pulled a fast one on me 54 years ago during that internship in central Harlem. The elderly women from the Carolinas in my neighborhood Bible study taught me new ways to sing those old hymns. In Chicago, I learned the songs of our sharecropper families from Mississippi. I expect my son to have flashbacks during communion today to the Powell family singers of East Central Illinois. We have so much to learn and to enjoy from each other. There's much to unpack, much left for our journey. We are sustained by the vision that God is powerfully present in fire and cloudy pillar. May it be so. Amen.